We're also going to begin now uh, a new series. Uh, we're going to veer away for the next couple of weeks from Parsha. We're going to be talking about Pirkei Avis, and in particular, I'm going to try to focus on the messages we can learn from Pirkei Avis that will assist us in giving over terror values to our children and help us in Chinuch. So I want to give a, an introduction, more of an overview, because when you begin to learn Pirkei Avis, you notice a very strange phenomenon. The first uh, chapter you know, details the succession of the Messiah, the tradition as it was handed down, from um, from teacher to student, one generation after another, Rebbe Talmud, Rebbe Talmud, uh, and it begins pretty much from the point that the second Beis Hamikdash was built from the Anshik Nesagdaila, who were the people who who came to build the second Beis Hamikdash. Now, then, eventually, which each with each um, then Rebbe uh, who is mentioned that the, from that point on, the Mishnah usually says a statement or two or three, that he would tend to say. And it prefaces it with, Hu haya He would say, and would then say such and such. He would say this, he would say that, Hill would say, and Hu haya then he would say, so on and so forth. So there was this statement that he would make. Hu haya this is what he would say, and that's a few lines, and then we're finished with that Rav, and that Rosh Hashiva, and that Nasi, and that Galadar, and we move on to the next one. And it seems bizarre, like, was that all they said? Uh, didn't they have to give a speech every week? You know, uh, these these uh, these rabbis were the leaders of the generation. You know, the chief spokesman of, of Yiddishkeit and the last word in halacha on all Jewish hashkafa. So, did they always repeat the same thing? Uh, and you know, they're certainly very important and extremely valuable lessons. But it's hard to imagine that they just kept on saying the same thing again and again and again. It would get kind of monotonous, right? So what's interesting is that there's a Gemara in the second parak of Brachas, which goes through many Amaraim, you know, the, 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 the authors of the Gemara, and they quote a saying or a phrase that they'd say. And over there it begins with the words, Margala Bapume de Rav, or de Shmuel, or de Abai, or de Rava. Margala Bapume means it was like a diamond in the mouth of Rav. It was like a diamond in the mouth of Shmuel, which means that they would say it again and again. They loved this particular thing that they would say, and they would always talk about it. Now, again, uh, it's interesting, no? The Torah is immense. There are hundreds and thousands, and who knows how many, you know, the extreme depth of the Torah lessons that you can impart and teach, but they had Margala Bapume. They had one thing that was a jewel in their mouth and they were constantly talking about. And clearly, what was special was that it was special to them. It was a very special message to them. It was their life's mission. It was something that they identified with and something that they devoted their energy and their kayak and their thought and their, their, their fire to. And that's how they imparted that and that's why they taught that. Every person in this world is unique, right? No, no two people are alike. It's true, very true on a physical level. Each person has unique phys, uh, features, fingerprints, retinas, dental structure, right? Everything. Uh, every level of the physical body has its own element of indiv- individuality, but I would think even more so, uh, emotionally and psychologically, we are vastly different, and no two people are the same. And every person has their own challenges, and their own tests, their successes, their failures, and their strengths and weaknesses. So the Chachamim of Pirkei Avis and, and the Gemara, they chose a particular lesson, or a quality, or a mida that they determined to be their calling in life, that they identified with, and that they worked on. And then they proceeded to specialize and perfect that area of Yiddishkeit to the best of their ability. And this became their thing. It became their thing. It was a diamond in their mouth, something that they would always work on and learn and disseminate because they were passionate about it. It was their specialty. And I think about this often when 
I think about what I learned from my parents and, and my Rebbeim and what I hope my children will and Talmudim will learn from me. When I think of what I learned from my parents, so I inve- inevitably focus on who Haya Aimer, what they always said. What did they always say? What were, those, what were they always talking about, right? There were certain values, certain pet peeves, uh, things that got them excited, things that got them upset, things that awed them. And they would, and do continue, to talk about those things so often that it very easily comes to mind. And, you know, I challenge everybody to stop for a minute and think about something their parents were always railing about or always talking to them about or always uh, in awe about. It, 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 something will come to mind very easily. Um, and if I were to meet my brothers and sister and we would discuss like what my mother was the most demanding about in, in our childhood. So I guess we would probably say the need to be neat and orderly, um, Suder, the importance of trying our hardest. She would, you know, rail, rail about sitting around and klutzing. She didn't take, take well to that. And she was fine with, uh, you know, with downtime, with reading and, and playing, but klutzing, she would find those jobs, you know, inevitably. So there was just an attitude and, and a value system that she gave over on a constant basis. And many other things also, I'm just, you know, mentioning too. But it was a huhaya It was something she talks about and something that she felt strongly about and was important to her. And she embodied it as well. She, was very, she is very industrious, you know, and very, very neat, and very orderly, and tries her hardest at everything. When I, I think about my father, Harani Kaparis Meshkava, what he would talk about, you know, he would be his rebbeim. He would say the same stories again and again and again. Um, and although we knew them, that was Huhay Aimer. That's what he would talk about. And it just, that's what I remember. You know, I don't remember the things he said once, or things he said twice. I remember the things he would always be talking about. This was stuck with us. Uh, you know, he would say this story about his Rebbe, Rabbi Michal Ber Weismandel Zatzal, who went once with um, two or three Bachrim to visit a big supporter of the Shiva who wasn't quite fully religious. And while he was there, the, the woman, the man's wife, insisted on serving uh, him breakfast or brunch or whatever it was. So he couldn't really refuse, so she served him some scrambled eggs, and he wasn't going to eat it because he didn't trust their cashers, they weren't really that religious. But he could not on any, he could just not insult her, he couldn't do it. So he asked her to get him a drink or something. So she went into the kitchen and no one was looking. He took the eggs and put it in his shirt, <laughs> you know, and the buffer witnessed this. So it, it was just a lesson, you know, how he wasn't going to compromise on his caches, but he wasn't going to compromise on, on hurting another Jew either. Um, you know, he would tell us how severely Rav Mechalver Weissmandel punished uh, anyone who lied or dishonest. That was the only crime that could get you expelled from the yeshiva. He did not tolerate lying. Very interesting. That was the primary sin. And these are stories and values that he talked about again and again. It was a huha yaimer. And that's why, I, that's why I remember them. And that's why it sticks with me. And I think about some of the values that my Rosh Hashiva spoke about. So it was inevitably about the supremacy of Tyra over everything else in the world. But he talked about that all the time, even though you think, of course, you know, we're in yeshiva. He's a Rosh Hashiva. No, no, no. He talked about it and kept on driving that point in. He talked about Hasmada, you know, learning without wasting time or breaking. He talked about a Melis Vatayr, putting in all your effort, all your energy, till, you know, you're on the floor, like the Chazanish, to uh, try to understand something that's hard to understand, and, and, and using all your, every last bit of energy you have. And he would extol Tamil Chachamim above all else, you know, and, and give us that kind of appreciation of that's the most valuable thing a person could become, is a Tamil Chachamim. And he told certain stories, and he said certain different Torah. And it's funny that now my son Mayor is in yeshiva, the same yeshiva I went to, and we can bounce off each other. You know, oh, he said this story. Of course, you know, you know, you've heard this story already, and you've heard this word already because it's things he says again and again and again. Who are you, Imer? 
And he's a prolific speaker, and he speaks very often, and he's uh, very creative, and he says a lot of things, but certain things he constantly talks about. So we, I think, have to give thought ourselves, what is our huhayaimer? What is our thing that, our value, we talk about, we care about, we rail about, and it's obviously not sufficient just to talk about it. It has to actually be our own personal value uh, that we cherish. And what will our children remember about us? What will they say? Oh, you know, that's what Tati and Mami always were into, and that's what they always talked about. Uh, what will they say over from us? And sometimes, you might, when you think a little bit more about it, you might realize that you know, we have certain values, but maybe we don't talk about them enough, and maybe we don't express what we think about certain issues enough. Uh, we just assume our kids know, but they don't. It's not the same. It has to become a who hayaimer. So perhaps that's the greatest lesson of Perkyavis in general, that there are many lessons, but the lesson is to have a lesson. The lesson is to be a who hayaimer, to embody something, make it your life's mission, and then you can hope that it will transfer as well to our children. Have a Good night uh, and a wonderful Shabbos.